Yeah, what's up? I'm Q106's Carrie Stevens. This is Overtime. We rock you a time and a half, and we have conversations with people who do rad things, like portray one of the most menacing new entries in the modern horror pantheon, David Howard Thornton, a.k.a. Art the Clown from Terrifier and Terrifier 2. How you doing, homie? I am doing good. How are you doing, man? I am terrified, and I'm also relieved, okay, because... I watched Terrifier. I haven't seen two yet. It just came out in theaters, and I am notoriously late to the party on movies. Um, but I thought to myself, God, if this guy does this interview in character, it's going to be a really short interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very quiet, one-sided interview. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then it gets real stabby. And then, yeah, I, I, I have one rule when I have guests. I have to be able to survive the interview. So that's That, that makes sense. <laughs> That's, that's fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So, David, you're visiting uh, Awake and Haunted Attraction this week, and you're going to be professionally loitering there with us. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so how how many are you on tour now? Like, have, are you just haunted house to haunted house to haunted house? Is this is this your October? I in in some ways, I'm not really doing haunted house to haunted house, but I am doing a lot of conventions. I'm actually going to England next week to Manchester for a convention, which is going to be crazy because we haven't even released part two yet over there. So, I, I think it releases on DVD the day after I leave or something like that. So it's it's going to be fun. So I, I want to dig into this movie a bit because it is, I mean, just one of the goriest ass things I've seen in a hot <laughs> minute. I mean, this movie does not pull any punches. And for my horror fanatics who are listening at home, I know you're like, you know, my kid's pretty mature for their age. They should they could probably watch that. Nope. No, <laughs> pump, pump the brakes on that, homie. That's 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 definitely seventeen and up affair for sure. So I, I want to know, you have an agent. Your agent's hanging out with you in the room right now. Seems like a pleasant enough fellow. So when your agent says, "Hey, I got a gig for you," and by the way, you don't have a line. <laughs> like, what, what's your reaction when you when you get that? Thank God, I don't have to memorize anything. That's <laughs> wonderful. I was like, it's, I'm because I'm, I'm a former theater actor, so I'm used to having like pages and pages and pages of monologues to memorize. And this one, I, I just go in. I'm like, so uh, Damien, who's my director, I'm like, what what am I doing today? He's like, oh yeah, well you're just gonna you know cut this person in half and go. And I'm like, sweet, all right. Our mouse is pouring over scripts. I'm sitting there just like, okay, dum de dum de dum de dum. Okay, ready for me. <laughs> but I have to imagine there's still a challenge there because, like, I, look, I communicate verbally for a living. Mm-hmm. I, it, I, it comes easy, right? But now you're faced with the prospect of portraying this character, conveying its – I'm going to say its. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's Wrong I don't, clown. I don't really know – yeah, I don't really know how we – yeah, I don't, I don't really even know how we classify art. I mean the backstory is still very much a mystery, which is what, which is so freaking yeah. cool about this character, that you're early in on the mythology of this character, you know? Yeah. Um, so how do you approach a role like that where you have to convey so much emotion and so much freaking menace without yeah. saying a single word? That, that definitely was a challenge for me because, as I said earlier, I'm a stage actor. And oddly enough, one of my biggest strengths is I do voices. I do over 200 voices. Oh, wow. And so every role I play, I would do a different voice for every character. So I never want to keep the same voices because it, it just feel like that you know the same character i'm like ah, i can't do that and i would always approach a new character by figuring out how the voice was first and everything else would fall in place and with art i don't have that luxury right so i had well, okay so he has no voice or well, he's got to rely on his body and his face and i was lucky enough to have a you know the prosthetic work that i wear where my face is pretty much you know free expression all that kind of stuff i, I can do whatever i want to with my face 
So I was like, okay, well, um, I'm playing a clown. Might as well look at great silent clowns that come from films. And I and I had a great education with that growing up. My parents and grandparents had me watching the old silent films. So I was watching Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin as a kid, Harpo Marx. But also um, my aunt gifted me a box set of Mr. Bean videos when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. And I loved those. And I would just sit there and watch them over and over and over. And then I was like, I want to play a character like this one day, like this mischievous, silent type of character. And so that's where I built a lot of that. You know, I was just constantly my whole entire life building a database of physical comedy. And I did a lot of children's theater, so I was able all those years of, you know, doing all the stage acting to hone those skills. So it's it's basically like I've been preparing for this role my whole entire life. And so when I was asked to play, I'm like, I think I know what I can do. Because I also had a really good mentor for five years because I – used to tour with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical, for okay. five years on the road. And I was the understudy for our Grinch, who was played by the wonderfully talented Stefan Carl, who was Robbie Rotten from the show Lazy Town. And Stefan was professionally trained in physical comedy. And so I, for the first time in my life, I actually had a real person I could learn from directly, and he would take me aside and help fine-tune things I was doing. And so when I first got cast as art, I contacted Stefan like hey man I'm doing this role because we're both big huge Mr. Bean fans mm-hmm. and he's like how you know how can I adapt this character in this way can you give me some pointers and he's like oh yeah sure I'll you know teach you some things and you know here, here's how you can approach him and that's what I would do I would be on set and I would have what would Stefan do type of moments like how would Stefan approach this scene and that's basically what I did I just went from there and cultivated my own so uh, it's it's kind of weird you can actually go watch like some footage of steph and his robbie rotten and then you'll see a lot of robbie rotten in art <laughs> i'm gonna have to go fire up the uh the, the lazy town on streaming i mean like the buster keaton thing i love that too i've I, I loved silent films and what they were able to do with uh, one of the things i loved about like the old school you know black and white silent movies yes. you had to they did so much with so very little as far as practical effects yes. and, and the in the staging and the blocking and everything and they were able to still construct these compelling narratives oh, you know so much so i was like especially buster keaton i mean oh yeah that the, the the things he would put his body through right like, like when he would just fall off buildings and and land and i'm like how did he land on his tush right and not break everything in this guy's body. taking pro wrestler bumps yeah <laughs> with like, no mats <laughs> no mats no protection none whatsoever I'm like this and it's and he made it look effortless and he would do just you know the most deadpan expression on his face I'm like, this man is a genius right right absolutely so so terrifier happens you, you film it you kill it man no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> so so what was what was your reaction when they told you hey terrifier 2 is going to be a thing oh i was ecstatic I was so happy because we, we had talked about possibly doing a part two when we we're filming part one, but we're like, you know, that would be great. But we had no idea when we we're filming part one that anybody even watching part one because we were a very, very, very low budget independent film. I think we made the first film on thirty five thousand dollars. Wow. Which is unheard of. Right. And so we'll be lucky if anybody even sees this thing. And so we're like, well, you know, maybe we'll be able to do a sequel if people like it enough. And then we did. And Damien handed me the script and I'm like. 
oh my gosh, this is this blows the first film out of the water in every single way. And I'm like, I, I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. People have no idea what they're in for. <laughs> right, right. And, and again, like it, we, we were talking about Buster Keaton and the silent film era and how they were able to do so much on the on these shoestring budgets with very low tech and terrifier i mean a lot of it is set in a single location a, a great deal of the film happens and in, in the building and you got some other scenes here and there and yet there is still this narrative and it just doesn't let up there are no, no dead spots in this no, film not at you all. know a lot of dead people in the film <laughs> oh yeah yeah oopsie <laughs> you'll, you'll have that you'll have that so um, in your estimation uh now david were you like uh were you a horror fanatic before you got cast in this role as, as art the clown was that like was, did you have interest in that did you study did you go in and watch all the halloweens and everything i i did i did i was a little late to the game i didn't really start watching halloween and all those other movies until i was um basically senior in high school because we just don't watch horror movies in my family because my mom was a chicken <laughs> but after that when i got to college i would rent stacks and stacks of tapes with my roommate and would watch them over the weekends and you know it was, we'll just get one like series for one week halloween one weekend friday the 13th next weekend stuff like and just go through them and like oh these are so good and so right. i was a fan but you know i never imagined i would be in these type of movies i figured if i was ever in a slasher movie i would be like the randy type of character from scream that would get killed off maybe or you know so <laughs> right i never imagined i would be the actual villain right yeah what what a twist absolutely yeah, a uh, fun twist <laughs> so so in your estimation what what is the secret sauce to a great horror film i think um for one you got to have a compelling villain you got to have someone that's really interesting and fun to watch and then you got to also take the audience on a ride it's it's got to be you know you got to constantly just keep things going keep it fun too at the same time and also you have to have a compelling hero or a heroine in the story as well and that, unfortunately for part one you know we we have that you know spoiler alert we we pull a whole um marion crane from like uh psycho where mm. we, everybody thinks this is the final girl and then we kill her off halfway through and so you know we weren't really able to cultivate a true final girl in part one but part two, we do. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I've been so happy with the response that we've gotten to this new final girl, Sienna, because that was my thing. It's like, you know, I, I kind of look at part one as being art's introduction to the world. Part two is Sienna's introduction to the world. And we're building her as a person and making her become the Batman to art's Joker. And that's what we've been wanting this whole entire time. Because, like, art's crazy. He needs someone that is able to to balance him in that way because you got to have that good balance in these type of movies you got to have the sydney prescott to you know ghost face you got to have the laurie strode to michael myers you got to have the ellen ripley to the alien and i think sienna is that person and it's it's a fun fun story we're telling in part two because she's got an amazing journey that she goes on I can't wait to see it, dude. Absolutely. So, uh, what goes in your uh, so so? What's in your earbuds when you're not portraying the, one of the most terrifying new entries to the horror pantheon here, man? What do you listen to? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm I'm such a old fart when it comes to music. <laughs> I I don't really listen to a lot of current music. Oh, we should fix that, man. Listen <laughs> yeah. to Q106 while you're here. We got you, boo. You're fine. <laughs> so I I grew up on the classics. I'm like my I I come from a family of musicians, so I I'm especially my parents i mean i grew up on a lot of the 50s and 60s and 70s 
I, I love that. I'm, Queen is one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm just like Freddie Mer- Mercury. I'm just mwah, chef's kiss to him. Right, right. Like, what a musician. What a talent there. And, you know, I, I love music all the way through, like, the 90s. But also, since I'm a stage guy, I, I'm a big, huge musical theater junkie as well. So I, I have, you know, throw me some Rodgers and Hammerstein or Sondheim or something like that. I'm a happy boy, too, which is... You know, it might be a weird juxtaposition with what I do now. But <laughs> right, right. I'm a song and dance man, too. There, there's got to be a space. There has to be a lane for a straight up. I mean, Sweeney Todd's kind of there. But for yeah. like a, I feel like the horror musical genre is severely underdeveloped. That, oh, that, yeah. There's got to be a lane there somewhere. Yeah, we, we could do something one, maybe one day. You know, it's like, probably not art, though. That would be a very interesting thing. But there actually was a Silence the Musical that was based on... Um, uh, Silence of the Lambs, and oddly enough, the the um, the writers from that did a song in Terrifier Two for our, it's the big earworm in the movie for the clown cafe scene. So it's just like well, that's kind of funny how that kind of segued in there. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. I'm just saying, Art the Clown, the musical, Terrifier, the musical. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know what Art's song is going to be. Maybe maybe some sort of like uh, have you have you seen Regular Show? Regular show, I am with I Mordecai and Rigby. Much, I, I know what you're talking. Okay, about, may, maybe it's like the whole ham boning thing where they're doing yeah. one of doing one of these numbers. You know, there's got to be maybe he's just playing spoons or something. Yeah, I'm from the south, so I know exactly what you're talking about with ham bone. There you and go. Spoons, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've actually used to play a little bit of spoons myself. Oh, there you go. Well, then uh, we got this. Yeah. Terrifier the musical. Art's whole big number is going to be playing spoons, spoons or or maybe oddly shaped knives or sides. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, after the spoons, he's gouging somebody's eyes out with that. You know that's going to be a thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, good kill with a sport. Oh my god! So, um, in your uh, so, so you didn't do horror movies as a, as a kid, did you? Right. Did you go to haunted attractions like Awaken? Did did you you I, get your I, posse together to do? Not that? really, because uh, I'm like I, I used to participate in them. Like, okay. I would sometimes be a, the uh, the haunt actor though. But I, I, I I'm kind of weird about going through things like that because I I'm I'm a puncher. <laughs> So I have yeah. to like I've, I've had to like learn to go through these things now when I'm invited to go to them. I'm like, okay, I can't punch anybody. I don't want to be in TMZ for punching someone out. So. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I do love scaring people. So I, I I used to do, especially my fraternity in college. We would do um, my fraternity. That was our one of our big charity things. We would do a haunted house in the basement of our dorm every year, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Being invited to the uh, basement by Art the Clown, I can think of a few things that would be more terrifying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on down to Art the Clown's murder basement. It'll it'll be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) fine. I just want to take some pictures, man. don't split. (laughs) Right. right. I see what you did there. Uh Our uh, night guy, Span, he has a similar issue, but he's huge. Like, Span doesn't look like he can't kick someone's ass, you know? So, like, he doesn't do haunted houses. He's like, I don't want to kill anybody in there, bro. So, I get it. I respect it. Okay. Uh, so as someone who has been a, uh, a uh, haunter at a, mm-hmm. at a haunted attraction, what in your estimation is the secret to a great haunted attraction? Besides being mm-hmm. awakened. I mean, that's step one right there. Awakens freaking awesome. <laughs> I, I think it's um, just the anticipation of something about to happen because you, you build up the dread that, oh, something's about to jump out, but you don't know where and you don't know when and you got to wait. It's the timing. That that timing is so important. You you got to get the people when they're the most anxious, but also the most at ease. It's a weird weird time to get them, but you then but they just bam get them. Oh, uh, 
Especially when you can make someone code brown. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many how many code browns are we up to so far this season, Awaken guys? I don't know. There's a few. Most of them don't want us to reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I just imagine you guys. I just imagine you guys like uh, the old uh, like World War II aces. Like, do you have like a, a, a poop emoji stamp that you just like put on the wall of the place? I feel like that should be a thing. We should get one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. So, um, when you're so you're doing autographs, you're doing signings, you're meeting yes. and greeting this weekend. Are we going to get you backstage at Awaken? Are you going to are, are you going to suit up and terrify some people for old times' sake? Unfortunately, no. I don't have the costume with me because Damien's not out here to do the makeup. Oh, gotcha. yeah. It's like you know, if I'm ever going to wear the costume in public, I I want to do the whole shebang right. I don't want people getting like you know the the wish version of art. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we have Art the Clown at home. Yeah, right. Be fart the clown. Instead, yeah. so. <laughs> well, there comes Code Brown yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. no, that would be Shart the Clown. <laughs> I love it. Shart the Clown, yes. I'm pretty sure the FCC will let us get away with that one, uh, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's sure, hilarious. sure. Just beep. Okay. All right. So so uh, before we wrap this up, you mentioned earlier that you do voices. Mm-hmm. Okay. What what are some of your favorites to do? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, one of my dreams is one day to be like the voice of Bugs Bunny. Oh, like, oh, is, yeah, oh, so, a Mel Blanc. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love Mel Blanc. That man was my hero. So, like, it's a little. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, of course, you know, like one of my first voices was Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I played Mickey Mouse's Bob Cratchit and Mickey's Christmas Carol in middle school. So, I was like, oh, boy. I, I hope you heard of me. I, I hope. <laughs> so, you can do that. And, but I also was like, uh, a, a character, one of the first voices I learned how to do is I. Playing with my action figures as a kid was with my Ninja Turtle figures was Krang. Oh my! Shredder, you fool! You let those turtles escape! (laughs) (laughs) You idiot! Spot on! I love it! I love it! There's also, you know, Pinky. You know, that jeep ride. What we gonna do tonight? Yeah, no, I don't know. Where we gonna find rubber pants for size? Yeah. I introduced my kids to Animaniacs a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. When they hear this interview, they will straight up mark out. Oh, Animaniacs is one of the best. It's just like, oh my gosh, such a brilliant, brilliant show. Absolutely. And dude, you're a brilliant talent. I mean, dude, Art the Clown, again, I I didn't know what to expect going in. All I was told is this is one of the goriest movies you're ever going to (laughs) watch. And your portrayal of that character, again... You don't say a single word, yet you convey so much. And it's like, it takes next-level talent to do that, dude. So for my friends who have not seen Terrifier, go see it. For my friends who have not seen Terrifier 2 yet, let's go together. I don't want to watch this movie by myself. I don't want to code brown (laughs) in the theater. So... And David, dude, we look forward to hanging with you this weekend at Awaken Haunted Attraction. And Leslie, thanks for coming in and visiting, uh, thank dude. Thank you for having me. And please don't kill anyone on your way out. That'd uh, be great. No That's- problem. <laughs> <laughs>